welcome listeners, one and all, to the episode three of the American Towing Recovery Institute On The Go podcast. This is your co-host, DJ Harrington, the cardiologist, and we have our training veteran of over 30 years in the towing industry, Mr. Wes Wilburn. Wes, how you doing? Doing good, DJ. Uh, been busy the last couple of days, so feeling good with things and uh, just looking looking, uh, looking towards the future. Classes are filling up like crazy. That's wonderful. Now, in our third episode, tell me, tell me a little bit of what's new, what's happening. Well, um, like I said, the classes are filling up. By, by the time this podcast airs, I, I think that Washington, North Carolina will be completely full with just a couple of seats open. And Oklahoma, Alabama is about halfway filled up too. So, And then the good news about the Florida show, things are coming together real good. People are registering for the free training we're doing down there. We're going to try to get someone on, from the Florida show on the next episode. I'm pretty sure we can make that happen. So, um, and of course, there's still our rooms at the host hotel. There's the people I see on the, on social media. People are a little confused. You got to go to the FloridaToShow.com website and follow their link. You call up the hotel. They're going to say all the rooms are sold out because they're reserved for the tow show. You know, when I looked at the website, one of the things that popped up is you have the first level of of first level of light duty towing, and then the next day or later on, you have the second level of heavy duty. Yeah, we we call that kind of our double header where we offer the two classes together. The one thing I do want to stress to people: the one is not required for the other. I hear you use that terminology level and, and the. It seems that in the continuing education in the towing industry, everybody wants to talk about levels. We really teach subjects more than levels. I got you. We get into our heavy-duty stuff. We do recommend if you go into one of the advanced, what we consider the advanced heavy-duty classes, you come to one of the first, you know, lower-level heavy-duty or have been in some of our training. Right. It's not mandatory. We found that making people come to one class before the other, why it does it is a better educational process. It's not always an option. And I've had many times, I've had good companies that have an operator that want to get some kind of training. They're driving a rotator for them. There's a rotator class coming up and tell them they got to come to a light duty class first. It just doesn't make sense. So we, we try to teach subjects more than well. Now on the you. other side of that, I'm sorry. No, I got it because it makes sense. Cause in, in March 13th and 14th, that's that's the episodes. We have light duty and then a heavy duty. Well, and there is benefits to doing it that way. That's why we offer it. You know, to come to town, you get exposed to some of our basic lynching information of light duty, which is what we expand on in the heavy duty. And, you know, the courses nowadays are teaching a lot about handling the new vehicle, so it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. You can learn something in a light duty class, even if you're a heavy duty operator, so... That's one of the reasons we offer them, you know, on a Friday, the light duty, Saturday, Sunday, the heavy duty. It's a well-rounded weekend for someone's continuing education. Uh, it's kind of funny. As long as I've known you, I, I've always thought that you have trained in all 50 states already, but I found out that this is the first time you're going to be in Arkansas, huh? Yeah. Um, I've, 
I've done a lot of classes, over 850 of them, but they've been limited in the states. There's a whole bunch of the states I haven't been to. Uh, you know, I've been through most of the, you know, 35 of the 50, I think, is the last time I counted. Gotcha. The northwest part of the United States is where I really lack. I haven't been in virtually any states when you get west of the Dakotas. And still missing a few back, you know, in the lower south and even one shoulder back east, Mississippi, never been there. And uh, Hawaii and Alaska are two that um, I've looked for. I, my friend Kenny Tom tells me he's going to get me out there one of these days, so we'll look forward to that. But, um, yeah, DJ, I've been limited my travels, and I do have a goal. I want to get to a 1,000 schools in all 50 states before I stop doing this. And, I'll, you know, that the day I get to a 1,000 or all 50, I'm not going to stop that day. I'm going to try to do it for a while. Longer, you know. <laughs> My, Hopefully, you know, you know. I know what it's like. I know what it's like. Take one day at a time. Uh, I always want to ask you, um, how long do you plan to be teaching? Well, you know, about eight years ago, when I hit the milestone of teaching for about 20 years, mm-hmm. I thought hard about it. You know, I, I have to tell you, I couldn't believe how fast it went. And as I was taking it all in the last 20 years, I said a prayer that day to thanking the good Lord for it giving me this wonderful life that, you know, it just kind of, you don't start out as a young child saying, I want to be a towing instructor. I didn't even know such a thing existed, but I feel like I've followed that great thing. I got to meet some great folks all over the country. Towing operators are real special people. You know that. Yes, yes. But the ones that participate in training and whatnot have a different mindset. They're just a great group of people. Uh, and I've had the privilege of, sharing information with them. And I said to myself then, boy, how quick 20 years went. I hope I could do it another 20. So I've done eight of, of that 20. I hope to go at least another 12 more with some folks that we got helping us now, starting to help with teaching and whatnot. I think that's going to be totally possible. So that's what I'm shooting for, DJ. I'm hoping to get another 20, another 12 out of it. Well, my friend, I know Donnie Cruz is looking down from heaven and saying, you're a good proud servant of the towing industry now we're going to take a break in a minute but folks when we come back i'm going to ask our the man of the hour wes wilburn interesting things is happening on the internet and then i really want to go in and he was kind enough because years ago i had talked about who's training the training and we're, after our break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Internet. So hang tight, listeners, and we'll be right back. If you're in the towing industry, there's one website you need to visit. AMTOWRI.com is the one website that can meet all of your needs, whether it be supplies like straps, several grades of chain, wire rope and cable, tire skates, recovery straps, dollies, and all related accessories, or the continuing education offered. The American Towing and Recovery Institute will ensure you are well-informed on the latest up-to-date information and provide you with the skills needed to keep you safe. There are several classes scheduled. Find one that fits your needs and get signed up. From training classes to specials on accessories, make sure you visit amtowri.com or amtowri.org. And while you're there, join the mailing list to stay informed on all things towing. The true leader in towing is Wes Wilburn and the American Towing and Recovery Institute. 
Welcome back, listeners, to the American Towing Recovery Institute podcast on the go. This segment that's coming up now is called The Most Interesting Thing on the Internet This Week. Wes, what is your thoughts? Well, it's hard to put it into one thing, so it's going to be a category this week. It's the amount of information that's being shared, towing information on the Internet. Now, first of all, some people might think I have a problem with that because I'm in the continuing education business, but by no means is that true. We're all for anything that's good and positive for the telling industry. Um, but there's a lot of information being shared out there. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of something I heard an insurance underwriter say years ago, and this wasn't just with towing. This, he said in any industrial setting, the words, well, we've always done it that way, tend to be the most dangerous words ever uttered. I'm talking about how True. to do something. True story, my friend. Called tribal knowledge. Tribal knowledge is a good thing. Information passed down through the tribe through generations works. But what lacks with tribal knowledge is what the other tribe on the other side of the hill has learned about doing the same thing. Um, that's kind of like continuing education and towing. It helps share that information. Continuing education doesn't necessarily mean coming to a seminar. Researching it on the internet can be a, a good source. Depends on who's providing it, though. I'll give you an example. I saw something just today, so I can't. Really, I haven't digested. I will review it next week. But something from Bendex about a new braking system that will that can and will cause problems towing and the procedure to to solve. It appeared to be very solid information backed up with something from the manufacturer of the braking system, Bendex. That's, that's good continuing education right there. Other continuing education that I see sometimes is things that we've learned that are wrong. And I don't use the term wrong much, but trying to upright an overturned sea container with a heavy-duty tow truck by sticking the chain through the pocket has put... I can document one dozen, that's 12 different tow trucks on their side, heavy-duty tow trucks. Two times that I'm aware of, those have turned into fatality. So as an industry, we learned the lesson that we shouldn't put chain in the pocket of a sea container corner, um, but we people still tend to do it. And I just the other day, I saw it where the boss has been doing this for 40 years, and he's always done it that way, so that's the way we do it here. And different operators strongly suggesting, sometimes with grace, sometimes with rudeness and abruptness, that it's a bad method. And they're, they're right about their, the, that it's a bad method. It's put heavy-duty tow trucks on their side. And there's all kinds of things like that. Another one that I see is people um, sticking the boom out to pick something up, kind of like a crane-type job of picking something up. Might be in a recovery, might be in a just a an odd job that they're doing. And the, they think to make their boom stronger, they can take their underreach out and poke it up and support the boom. What happens is you have the corner of the underreach touching the understructure of the boom, and it'll actually bend right there because it's not being supported like it is by the wear pad. It's called trying to outthink the engineers. You know, DJ, if you got a quick second, I'll tell you a quick story I learned very early in life. Please. From, uh, Please. Trying to outsmart the engineers at home. And I didn't even, I didn't even realize that's what I was trying to do. I worked for a teller that had a medium duty tow truck. Yep. He had what uh, equated to a car towing sling on it. It was a home sling. It was a good, strong sling. 
but it was made for towing automobiles. We learned the trick where you hooked the chains to the vehicle, you wrapped them, and you came up and brought them tight, and you kind of took the rubber out of the equation to make the chain, the sling tow more. In other words, it was more weight that would otherwise break the rubber straps. So we would do that, and we'd end up breaking a hook off. So we'd get another hook, have the welder put it on, keep on going, do it again. So I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We'll get the next size bigger chain and next size bigger hook. And I, I got a, there was a good mechanic that was a good welder at the shop I was towing with yep. and had him cut the five sixteenth hooks off the home slings and put three eight hooks on them. So went out, towed a couple trucks with it, about the third or fourth truck I towed. Go, just stopping at a red light, I believe, in the cab of the truck, hooked up, going down the road, just coming to a stop. And the, I just heard this loud explosion. I, I didn't know what had happened. A car, a truck run into the back of us. I had no idea. I got out of the truck, came and looked at it, and the top of that home sling was bent like a pretzel. Oh, my. Because what happened was we found the next weakest link. You know, we made the one thing that was breaking stronger to make this thing haul more weight than haul more weight than it was designed for, what it was engineered for. No idea it was even, you know, what all that meant back there. I was a nineteen year old kid at the time. So but anyway, that would be an example of um, you know, information. Another one just real quick. Because I do want these things to be educational, so that's why I'm going into some of these details. Great, great part. So another one I see is if a car carrier drives off a paved service and gets stuck in mud, and I'm talking about breaking through what they call mire, where the tires are in the mud, just not on top where it's a little slick and it can't get traction. Right. And it's going to take a good force to pull it out of there. If somebody posts a picture of that in one of the Facebook groups, out of 100 responses, 95 of them will be, push it out with the bed. What are you doing, you rookie? Well, a couple of years ago, I had the privilege of teaching a school, and it happened to be hosted at the Miller Industries Carrier Plant. The local association put it together. And the gentleman that was the manager of the plant was sitting in on some of the class, just, you know, from a hospitality standpoint. And he said, when somebody asked about doing that, he raised his hand and asked if he could answer the question. And he suggests that when you do that, when you use the bed to push it out, you're pushing on all the beds and the cylinders in the opposite direction they're designed for, and it will start the process of the, the welds failing, et cetera, because you're using it totally in an opposite direction than it was designed to take force. And one of the comments he made is, at Miller Industries, we make carriers, not bulldozers. Boy. Which, if you think about it, that that yeah. illustrates the point greatly, doesn't it? It sure does. Boy, oh boy. Uh, it's kind of funny. Years ago, now I heard the story. In, in this episode, you're talking about who trained who. I did a story for American Towman Magazine. And I did another one for Tow Professional Magazine. And it was about, are you a copycat? And the problem that I, I asked one guy at the, at the convention, I said, well, who trained you? He said, my Uncle Louie. <laughs> and I said, well, who trained your Uncle Louie? He said, my father. So I said, what you are is a copy of a copy of a copy, like a photograph machine. 
Nobody has gone to a professional. They always let the guy before him train him or the guy who's been on the job six months before him, he's the trainer. And that's why I think these episodes with you and American Toe and Recovery Institute is so vital to our industry. Well, I, I do agree, DJ. I don't want to take the value of that learning from each other away because that has tremendous value. But really, to get the most out of it, you combine that with some proper continuing education and you're unbeatable at that point. You know, one of the things that it's hard to learn from Uncle Louie is putting some numbers to some of the things that you do. You know, I didn't really understand working load limits, safety factor, minimum altered breaking strength. I thought, heck, if you put a load on something that didn't break, it was okay to do it again. But when you start learning about bending fatigue and how these products are designed, it just it helps the operator take things to a whole different level. I, well, I'm going to tell you something. This is this episode means a lot. I looked at the the website and I see that you have some super special deals and advertising on Facebook. But I, I saw if you buy one or two oblong rings at a regular price, you get two for free. Or how does all that go? Well, one of the founding principles of the Institute was to do group buying on behalf of the members. And we're just continuing that on. And we got a real special deal on Gunny Bo Johnson, which is a, you know, one of the big brand name companies, uh, one of the top line companies, stuff made in Oklahoma and, and in Sweden. And, um, you know, they're recognized around the world as one of the best rigging companies. We bought a surplus of uh, some inch and a quarter oblong rings, and the regular price on them is one hundred and ten dollars and some change. And we got a special deal that if you buy two of them, uh, for that's two hundred twenty dollars. It's like two fifty eight if you add shipping out the door. Uh, you get if you buy two, you get two. So you're basically paying fifty five dollars a piece for them, basically half price. Like I say, the whole the package deal ends up being two fifty eight. 76 with the shipping. Of course, North Carolina residents, you have to give our governor something extra, but you all know about that. But anyway. Right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a super special deal, and it's been very well received. So, Boy, you are something else. Um, are you still selling the historic towing items, the die casts on eBay? Yep. We'll, uh, we'll, just, we'll probably just have a couple more weekends of it, but this weekend, Sunday night, seller named Wes Wilburn, on eBay, we'll have some options ending and some rare homes memorabilia and whatnot. So, yeah, everybody take a look at that. Of course, uh, for any regular needs that we can help you with, the training schedule and whatnot, we're American Towing and Recovery Institute.org, and we got that shortcut that we came up with. It's www.amtowri.com. That's A-M-T-O-W-R-I.com. And you can get in touch with us there and see what we're up to. And we certainly appreciate everybody listening. Please keep comments coming in about the podcast, what you want to hear. I'm going to try to do some more educational stuff. You know, when we were talking earlier about things I see on the Internet. One of the things is the, the new cars and the tow eyes. I want to talk about that a little bit in this episode, but I really decided I'm going to hold off. We're going to get some, I need a minute to get some stuff on the website with some visuals. So the next podcast, I'll probably one of my segments will talk about some stuff that with some visuals can be uh, hopefully continuing education for your operators and yourself as well. 
telling professionals out there keeping America moving right now with the weather and whatnot. Please know there's folks appreciate you. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. Remember to tell your family and friends about slow down, move over. We need everybody being a, a conduit of that message, telling their their loved ones that are not involved with the towing industry about slow down, move over, and once every six days. So God bless everybody for listening. Be safe out there. And DJ, we always appreciate you as well. Well, I enjoy being your co-host. And I know next week it'll be an exciting episode four. And and probably you're going to talk about Tulsa straps and, and some of the low-profile head assemblies and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. That's where I want to get some visuals on the on the website for people to look at. But there's some stuff that, you know, again, going back to seeing information on the, the Internet, on social media and whatnot, that makes me cringe. I want to do my part to try to get some good, solid information out there for people. Well, like I, I said, I need them. A minute. I'm sorry, DJ, yeah, but I no. need a minute to get some stuff online. Then I'll talk about it next week, and it'll be there online, available for people to hopefully be informative for them. Yeah, the only thing that we had one person actually contacted us and wanted to learn more about snatch blocks, and I, I that next week's episode may be a good one to address it. Yeah, we we might do that, or um, you know, I got that Bendex thing and this other thing, so we might do that in a following week. I'll, Give me a minute to figure that out. You know how unorganized I am, DJ. Anybody's been around me knows the organization. <laughs> You're a good man, my friend. Well, this if we is, don't get to it next week, we'll get to it. I promise you that. You got it. Well, this is the end of Episode 3 for the American Towing Recovery Institute On The Go podcast. And we look forward to seeing and listening to all the visitors next week. As a reminder, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to like, review, and share everywhere. The American Towing and Recovery Institute On The Go podcast. You tune in and get turned on. Next week, tune in and listen to Mike Seaman from the Florida Tow Show, who joins Wes Wilburn.